The following podcast is a production of Hardly Awesome Studios in association with the network. Find us at BICBP-radio.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Silence Your Phones. I'm your host, Chris Chavez, and Sean is not with me this week. Instead, I have a guest. I have a guest from, uh, he's the co-host of another podcast I do, another movie podcast. Uh, You've heard me discuss it here on this show before. It's called Out of the Shadows, where uh, myself and this co-host dive into the movies of the 80s that are featured in the documentary in search of darkness that's right my co-host today is jim clark what's going on everybody uh chris um i fear you may have forgotten but this is where we got our start that's oh that's true yes that is true this is where it all started for us man i forgot about that um so yeah you're back yes and i I, although we did start here i've still never met your co-host. Uh, That's funny. Show, Sean. Um, <laughs> At some some point, we'll do a full crossover. Well, he'll come on with us on our show to discuss one of the films, and then you'll come on to discuss one of the films with all three of us. Let's do that. Yeah, dude, that'd be cool. Uh, oh, yeah. This one's kind of a crossover because Sean couldn't make it to record for the week, and we decided we didn't want to miss weeks this this year. We really want to try to be consistent. So uh, I said, "Listen, we'll ha- I'll have people on uh, when he can't make it." And so I reached out to you to see if you wanted to do it. And I sent you a list of movies to choose from. Oh, yeah, dude. Um, and so I, li- I put a bunch of movies on there. I wasn't sure if you'd seen all of them or not, but I, the one I knew you hadn't seen was on there. And that's the one we're doing today. Yes. We're doing a classic, a comedy classic from 1994, Kevin Smith's Clerks. Salsa Shark. We're going to need a bigger boat. Throughout history, they have been a part of our American life. Men and women who have made it their mission to serve their fellow man. They've worked hard enough. Isn't it time? They had their own movie. Clerks. This job would be great if it wasn't for the customers. I I don't bother them and they don't bother me. I could do without the people in the video store. Do you have that one with that guy who was in that movie that was out last year? You should hear the barrage of stupid questions I get. What do you mean there's no ice? You mean I gotta drink this coffee hot? You'd feel a hell of a lot better if you just rip into the occasional customer. You're a clerk paid to do a job. You can't just do anything you want while you're working. Hey, you open? No! What kind of convenience store do you run here? Miramax Films presents you think anybody can see us down here? Why? Do you want to have sex or something? Uh, can we? Clerks, just because they serve you, 
doesn't mean they like you. You hate people, but I love gatherings. Isn't it ironic? Featuring new music by Soul Asylum, Corrosion of Conformity, Bad Religion, The Jesus Lizard, and music by Alice in Chains. So you had never seen this movie before. No, I've never seen this movie. But you've heard about it. You've heard it referenced. You know, the characters, Jay and Silent Bob. Yes. Um, Other than that, or you know who Kevin Smith is. Yeah. And I know who Jane uses because of that. And the whole podcasting thing that they're they're involved in and comic book men and all that. Yeah. Now, did you see any of the movies? Like, did you see? Have you seen Mallrats? I've seen Mallrats. I've okay. seen so you uh, knew the uh, characters Jay and Silent Bob through that. Yes, yes, yes. I saw them in Scream Three. Um, have you ever seen Chasing Amy? No, that's a good one. Uh, and then I believe right after Chasing Amy would be Dogma. I've Dog- never seen Dogma. Dogma's no. great, dude. Yeah. And then is Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back, which I haven't seen. And then Jay and Silent Bob reboot. No, so, he's had more in between there. No, these are these are just about this universe of characters because oh, this is oh, actually okay. I see what you're saying. This is actually a universe of characters that the tie oh, to them okay. is Jay and Silent Bob. Ah, okay. So okay. if you've seen Mallrats, in Mallrats they talk about. Uh, remember the girl was her dad had a, a a game show where it was like a dating game, yes. yep. and one of the characters on there, uh, or one of the characters, one of the contestants had to pull out for a medical mm-hmm. emergency and that's why the girl had to be on it and we find yeah. out at the beginning of the film that the person who had to pull out uh i forgot the girl's name oh no she died julie dwyer she died because she had been swimming laps like crazy trying to lose weight and she had a brain embolism in the pool and so she died <laughs> so at the beginning of the film mall rats they talk about judy dwyer dying okay in clerks they close the store to go to the wake for Judy Dwyer. <laughs> for Judy Ju- Dwyer. Julie, 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 Julie Dwyer. Julie. So there are a lot of ties to his movies and the characters in this realm. So yes, he has all those other movies, but this is these movies here, the ones I listed in that order are the ones you're supposed to watch in order to follow these a lot of these characters. Gotcha. Okay. Oh, and Clerks 2. Clerks 2 is in there right after uh Jay and Silent Bob Strike Pack is Clerks 2 and then um and then we see once Clerks uh, uh Clerks 3 coming out. Uh, I know it's they're working on it. I know that's going to be coming. So it'll be interesting to see. Yeah, they were supposed to be doing Mallrats too, but then that fell apart. And so then he was we gonna were there, do dude. Yeah, he was going to do it as a as a series Mallrats, and then that fell apart too. So he decided to go with Clerks Three, and everybody jumped on. And I know they did a lot of the filming. Yeah, when we were in Jer- when we were in Jersey, we, missed we stopped him. by, missed uh, him by like an hour, dude. An hour. Can you imagine if we had just stayed there a little bit longer? Jesus, or we would have gotten held up in some traffic on the way there. But how cool is it now that you've seen the movie, you you can look back on that to memory and be location. like, oh, I was yeah, actually dude. there. You were inside. Yeah. You went yeah. back to where the little That's case was. Said, but yes, <laughs> you were back where the little case was where the, the dude with the eggs was going crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> OK, so you had never seen this movie before. No, um, no. You're going to talk a vague about- uh, idea of what this movie was even about. OK, but when you finished watching it, you text me saying like, this is not what I thought it was going to be. Well, because of that, because I had a vague understanding. It was, um, yeah, yeah. Okay. We'll just, we'll, we'll, we'll come back. Yeah. Yeah. We'll get back to it when we talk about your thoughts, but typically we're going to do just like a regular show. We're going to jump into, um, 
uh, the movie by talking about different parts of the movie. And the first part we're going to talk about is the plot. So the plot is basically uh, the idea that this guy who works at a quickie mart, he gets called into work first thing in the morning and he's not even supposed to work. He's complaining immediately. he He fell out of his closet. Why did he fall out of his closet? So here's the thing to to know about the 90s. Okay, this is mid 90s, 94. This is the slacker generation, right? The idea like that. So that to me is just makes sense that he felt he fell asleep in his closet because he partied (laughs) the night before or did whatever. And then like he's just fall because look at his place. It's a mess. Yeah, there's like and, and the way he just acts like when he's getting ready for work, the the thing that he holds his coffee in or whatever his instant coffee he just pours it into the lid and drinks it straight out of the lid so we're introduced to dante right and dante works at this quickie mart and he gets a phone call and they need him to work and he starts complaining it's not his day to work and uh the 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 guy whoever's on the other line is basically saying you only have to be there for a certain amount of time and he's just like swear to god he's like i have to play hockey at two swear to god you'll be there by noon he's like you be there or i'm walking um and we watch this guy go to work right uh let's let's mention also that this is in black and white the entire film yes. is black and white yes which really very important adds to, to the feel of a movie so this feels very indie you know mm-hmm. well and, and and the way uh the and it was it was independent too well the way it opens to the title card of yeah his name and then we go in and meet him you know and then and throughout the film where we have the film yes. yeah all these different segments that have a title to them a word that yeah. associates with whatever theme is, is supposed to be going down in that scene um yeah he goes to work and he's going to open the the quickie mart and we watch him start getting things open but then uh he goes to roll the shutters and he sees that there's gums in the padlock so he's all pissed yep. off so he goes and gets a sheet out of the back of his car and some some uh shoe polish off the shelf and he makes a sign that says i assure you we're open very famous if you're a clerks fan i mean this is just an iconic kind of thing this i i assure you we're open sign so now he's inside right and we're we're gonna basically follow him through his whole day this guy that works at this quickie mart we're going to see the characters he the the customers he interacts with we're going to see a relationship where his girlfriend comes in and they interact for a bit there's a video rental store next door. So we get mm-hmm. to see the interaction between him and the guy that works there. Cause they're really good friends. Um, we see the struggles that he's dealing with, with not needing to be there, but finding out that he's stuck there now because his boss isn't coming in to relieve him. Um, and we also see that he had a previous girlfriend before the one he has now that he's not over and that she kind of comes back into his life. Yeah. And that's what this movie is. There's no like, no main story. Maybe the main storyline is this underlying thread of just kind of like his life and the you know the girlfriend thing is probably the most important thread. But overall, the entire movie is about a a day in this guy's life and the stuff that's going on around it, the people that come into his orbit and how it goes down. And it starts with these customers that like right away they want <laughs> you to know how like assholeish customers can be. This yep. dude's just buying some coffee. He's like, you mind if I drink it here? He's like, no, go ahead. No problem. Right. This guy was walk- a weird thing to ask. Like, okay. You find out, right. This guy walks in and next and wants to buy cigarettes. And the guy standing there drinking coffee goes, you sure about that? <laughs> the customer's like, what do you mean? I'm sure about that. He's like, Are you sure you want to do that? And he ends up opening this case and throwing a like lung, a fucked up lung on the counter. 
he's like, maybe you want to choose some gum instead. You know, you don't want to look like this. And so yeah. he gets, he's like, here, try some Chulis gum. And he gives him some gum. And uh, right away, Dante's annoyed. He's like, oh, Jesus Christ. He's like, listen, if you're going to drink your coffee, could you, could you do it outside? You know, don't, at least Not don't disturb the customers. customers. Yeah. Next guy walks in and asks for, asks for cigarettes. And boom, here comes the, the spiel again, right? That guy who walks in and asks for cigarettes the second time, that's Walt Flanagan. Yeah, he was in here a couple of times, dude. I saw. Yeah. Yeah. So you recognize him. Yeah. He yeah, plays a yeah. lot of different characters. Well, I, I recognized it after the fact. I was like, oh, that's Walt Flanagan. I'm like, oh, he played all these roles. So I watched it a second time and I paid attention. Did you? Um, did you ever, Mosher. Yeah. Did you ever watch? Um, did you ever watch uh, Comic Book Men? No, but I'm familiar with the show. Okay. If you watch Comic Book Men and or you had listened to their podcast, tell them Steve, Dave, one of their co-hosts, Brian Johnson. The character of Randall, that's him. Like he was written when Kevin wrote the character of Randall, he was just writing his best friend, Brian Johnson. Everything <laughs> the way Randall is, is the way Brian Johnson was in real life. Like that's just the way he really? was. Yes. He was just one of these kinds of people. Um, but yeah, dude. So that's the thing. We, we see this, this thing go down where this guy's trying, he's a, a Chulies representative and he's trying to get, mm-hmm. get them to get Chulies, <laughs> but he's got all these people like turning on Dante and like pelting him with cigarettes. Right. So <laughs> again, we're given this idea of like how pathetic this dude's life is that like he's going in on his day off and mm-hmm. then he's getting berated by people to the point where they're throwing cigarettes at him. Yeah. Uh, he's still he's still sticking by it and, and sticking it out and saying, no, this is my job, dude. Uh, this girl enters, sees this going down. She grabs a fire extinguisher off the wall and just sprays everyone. And is like, what the hell's going on here? Uh, they point out, you know, that this this guy that's walking out the door is the one that started it. And she confronts him. She's like, who are you? Show me some credentials. And she finds out he's a Chulis gum representative. And he's just in there to like anytime somebody wants cigarettes to try to turn them away and, and get them to buy the, boost the gum. gum sales. So she tells them all to get out and she goes and spends some time with her boyfriend behind the counter and they start having this conversation. Right. And they're talking about like their relationship and his life goals. And maybe he Mm -hmm. should start going back to school. And uh, somehow the relation, the conversation turns into the amount. Oh, she says something about um, can people see us down here? And he's like, why you want to have sex? So then it yeah, starts to become yeah. sex talk about how easy it is to make a girl con- cl- a guy climax and how it's a lot of work for a girl. Like this whole conversation is going on. And then it comes down to like how many people you've been with kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So when somebody else comes in, right, they pop up and, and they're uh, she recognizes this guy. She's like, oh, crap. I know this guy. He's buying cigarettes. Right. Uh, Liam, I think his name is right. Liam, something like that. Liam. Oh, uh, yeah, the dumb dude, Scott Mosher. <laughs> he's like, oh, man, far he's out. Like, hey, he dude. sees. He's like, you work here? She's like, no, I'm visiting my boyfriend. He's like, oh, that's cool. That's cool. <laughs> and so uh, she leaves. He's like, how do you know that guy? She's like, oh, yeah. Uh, we used to call him Snowball back in the day. He's like, what do you mean, Snowball? He's like, she's like, it's a sex act. Uh, me and so-and-so. She says this lady's name. She's like, me and so-and-so used to call him Snowball. She's like, why is that? He's like, well. He used to like to do this thing where like he would come in a girl's mouth and then have it spit back into his mouth. <laughs> and she's like, oh, my God. He goes, that girl was into that. She's like, no, that was me. And he's like, what the fuck? <laughs> you just told me you only had sex with three dudes. That wasn't one of them. She's like, no, but I, you know, she goes, I only had sex with three dudes. She goes, and that's when this conversation becomes like, 
well, how many dicks? How many dicks have you sucked? Meanwhile, <laughs> people are like trying to just ring up and they're having this conversation. And she's thinking and she's like, um, like 36. And she's he's like, 36, including me. And she's like, 37. <laughs> flips out dude. He's like, 37. This guy comes up to the counter. This is one of my favorite lines of all time. He's like, 37. My girlfriend sucked 37 in dicks. He goes, in a row. <laughs> so yeah, they have an argument. She leaves. He yells out, try not to suck any dick on your way through the parking lot. The dude's standing on the wall, just starts following so he's her. He's going towards her. He starts yelling at him. Yeah. Um, so now they're not having good con- you know, good, good interaction. Next, we have this dude that wants to return a video, right? And uh mm. the store, the door next the store next door is closed. It's supposed to be open, but it's still locked up. And he's all giving this kid at again, he's giving rant, Dante shit. He's like, listen, hey, smart ass. Like, yeah, you tell this dude, kid yeah. to do this shit. You know, you you tell him what he's gotta be, whatever. You know, I don't have time for this. He throws the 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 tape at him. He's like, go return this and tell him this is my name, my account. Walks out. Dante sees his keys and tosses it in the trash. Uh, and then we're introduced to Randall and we're introduced to him by this lady sitting outside the video store and he walks by and is like trying to get in and she's like, it's locked. Don't even try it. He's like, you're kidding me. They're supposed to open at 11. She's like, yeah, he goes, <laughs> he goes, it's 1130. She's like, yeah, I've been here since 11. And he's like, wow. And she goes, well, I'm not guy. She goes, I'd go to the other store, but they don't have the one I want. The one I want's right there. She goes, looking through the window and he's like which one is that and she says like dental school or some shit like that he's like oh really me too i'm here for that <laughs> she's like well i was here first <laughs> he goes he goes i'll bet you 20 bucks i don't you don't get that movie <laughs> he walks next door and pick up the tapes from dante and we find out yeah he works there <laughs> but that's him throughout this movie dude is is he's very confrontational to customers customers aren't worth his time there's a time in the movie where he's sitting in there and this woman comes in is asking him his uh, thoughts. He's reading a, a newspaper. She's asking him his thoughts on the films. He won't even look up. He's like, I don't watch movies. And he's like, I don't have an opinion on those. So she turns around, turns back around with the same movies. He's like, what about these two? He's like, oh, those suck. And she's like, oh, how dare you? You were, he's like, I don't appreciate your ruse, ma'am. <laughs> <laughs> and he completely spins it right back on her dude. and then she one of my favorite scenes too is she's leaving dude and she and then uh he runs out and he's like hey you're not allowed to to rent here anymore and you see jay leaning against the window he's just like yeah yeah but that's this movie it's this this kind of back and forth while we see mm-hmm. dante's love life this kind of thing where he's not getting along with the girl and then we find out that he had this this past love and Randall brings up the fact that she's getting married. There's an announcement in the paper. He like yeah. freaks out. Like he can't believe yeah. it because because he's been talking to her and she's and never she mentioned, mentioned it. it. Yes. Right? But because he's also he starting to get catch feelings for her again. That's right. It's bothering him so bad. Right. Um, and he keeps he's all pissed off also because like he's supposed to he's he's not even supposed to work. He's got a hockey game to play. And now he's stuck there. And Randall's yeah, just like his boss went to fucking Vermont, dude. Yeah. And Randall's just like, why do you devote yourself to this place if they shit on you kind of a thing? Mm-hmm. Um, so he does, though, close the store down so that they could play hockey on the roof, which I thought they were going to play in the store. Yeah, but I was <laughs> yeah. like, after being there, I'm like, damn, how are they going to play hockey in that tiny ass little store? Yeah. So they end up playing roller hockey on the roof and they really did film it on the roof of the place. Oh, um, shit, good. Yeah. Until uh, Scott, one of Scott Mosher's characters, this dude that wants to go in is all annoyed. So he gets up there and challenges them. 
And the first t- second he has, he just whacks the ball away off the roof. He's like, all right, now go up to the store. <laughs> um, and he closes down to go to the wake of this girl that they went to high school with. Yes. There's a very famous conversation that happens in the car on the way to the wake mm-hmm. about mm-hmm. whether or not uh, one of, you know, they've ever tried to suck their own dicks. And Randall literally like, like just tricks him into com- like, like admitting that he's <laughs> admitting trying. It, yeah. He's like, I could never reach. He's like, never reach what? Your own dick. He's like, well, you said his it. Cousin, yeah, his cousin died doing it, trying it. He's like, he's like, hey, you said everybody was everybody was uh, curious. He's everybody like, yeah, but it. I've never done it. <laughs> but yeah, that's this movie, right? There's so many classic scenes to this movie, but the plot is super simple. It's just straight yeah. this guy's life and all the people that are involved. We meet Jay and Silent Bob for the first time, you know, mm-hmm. and and. The first time we see them, I mean, Jay is just off off the walls like he's on coke or something, dude. He's yeah. just like he's just like, I want to fuck this bitch. I fuck that bitch. I fuck anything that moves. <laughs> um, you know, I like he's like, hey, don't that dude owe me 10 bucks? <laughs> They're like, fuck <laughs> you. <laughs> uh, but that's what we get. We get this kind of fast talking kid. He's dealing drugs outside of the place. He just kind of hangs outside the quirky mart all day with his yeah. sidekick, Silent Bob, who just is silent the entire time, doesn't talk. And that's the famous thing about these, these two characters in these movies that they're in is that his character is silent all movie long until the end. At the very end, he gives off a little pearl of wisdom. And that's the end. Ah, of the movie. OK, OK. Yeah. So this is so that's what the film is in that film, dude. Like, what were the things that stood out to you in terms of the plot? Like, like you said, it wasn't what you thought. So what stood out to you about what you were watching? Um. I didn't know that they were, I, I didn't know the entire movie was going to take place at the, at the Mart. Um, I didn't know that they worked at the, the, uh, the convenience store. I didn't know that. Um, again, like I said, I had a very vague understanding. I knew it was um, this sort of, sort of uh, like coming of age story. Um, I knew it was black and white. Um, I knew it was Kevin Smith and I knew it was like this, the launching of a, his career, the launching of a bunch of these characters and this entire crazy journey for him. Um, But the plot, I liked it. I enjoyed it. It was told uh, the way it was told throughout the movie was very, it wasn't how I expected it was going to be. I thought it was going to be more of a movie movie. Mm -hmm. Um, Whereas this kind of just felt like it was the the camera was just there and it went through their entire day, dude. Like there were long segments of just, conversation like you would just have at a regular point in the day that had nothing to do with the story but you're you're fucking at work on a sunday and there's nobody around and you and your buddy are just having a conversation about something that happened outside of work you know so that's one of the things kevin smith is very famous for and this movie was like one of the standout things was the way he wrote dialogue the way Mm -hmm. he wrote people just having conversations with each other and that's literally what you were watching you were just watching a conversation how did you feel about that? That this movie was very just dialogue and conversation driven. I loved it because the conversation was fucking hilarious, dude. All kinds of stuff, right? <laughs> like like Star Wars. Whoever yes. thought about whether or not the people working on the Death Star would be considered independent. innocent independent yes. contractors, right? And that dude's just like, and then hey, a contract, I used hey, to I'm be- a roofer. Here's my card. <laughs> and he's like, he says, and he- here's what I how I feel about it. <laughs> he tells a story about taking a job at like a mafia Don's place, like one of their houses, <laughs> and he knew what he was getting into kind of a thing. So he's like, yeah, he goes, you know what you're getting into when you do that, right? Um, yeah. 
they have a conversation. They can have conversations about, about the, uh, the egg guy. The oh, the egg. Yeah, it was just that's so the, off the, the thing wall too. and off the cusp, dude. It's so bizarre. <laughs> that lady's like, "Oh, I've seen this before." It's like shell shock for counselors. counselors. <laughs> she goes, and that's why I manually masturbate caged animals. <laughs> and they're like, "What the fuck?" Um, there's the scene that I think anybody who's ever worked in service loved was the typical customers and all like the, yes, like dude. the, Hey, where's this movie? Right. And she's literally standing in the section or how much is this? And it has the signs all around her. Hey, you guys open <laughs> dude. Having, I love having how- <laughs> worked, having worked in, in the food industry for so long and in customer service jobs like that, where you're face to face with the customer yes. and, and, and retail, yes. I get that dude. And it, it was fucking hilarious because I'm like, yes, I know these people. I know these people. I used to work at a, a dollar dollar general. Um, <laughs> so I know exactly how he feels, dude. How about these people are. How about when the one dude, uh, when Walt comes in and they're talking about something, he's like, I'm really offended. <laughs> I can't believe that. And he's like, oh, if that offends you, how about this? And he shows this. him a fucking <laughs> pussy, dude. I was like, oh, my God. Because... He's the character that we always wanted to be dealing with those customers. Yes, you know dude. what I mean? Like when yes. the one old dude's in there and he's talking to him about this and you know about the whatever magazine and he just sits up and spits the water. At him. <laughs> he just didn't want to hear anymore. He's like, shut the fuck up, dude. Like, don't you wish yeah. you could have done that to people? Absolutely. I still wish I could do that with people who are assholes, dude. Uh, yeah. So again, having not expected it, right? What were your mm-hmm. thoughts? Did you enjoy it? Did you enjoy the plot? Oh, yeah. I, yeah oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. After I um, because I was, I was realized iffy. what I was watching and how I was watching it. Because um, it's also I, a product of its it. era, yeah. dude. It's, it's a product yes, of the mid 90s. It's very mm-hmm. much a kid in his 20s making a movie with his friends, right? And yes. That was like his attitude, that that thing that it's got kind of imbued in it is the 90s. That's how they were. That's how people his age were that they talked to each other. They acted. They just hung out. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah, dude. And growing up, I told I was talking to you this the other night. I um, I normally consider myself a 90s kid, but tail it'd have to be tail in 90s. But I don't feel like a 2000s kid. So I feel like I'm part of this little piece of lost generation there at the turn of the millennium. You know what I mean? Yeah. And yeah, for sure. so I understand that and I get a lot of this and I, and I love it for that because it's so hardcore nineties, but then also, like you said, because it's kids, friends with a video camera, making a fucking movie dude. And growing up as a kid, that's all I ever wanted to do, which is grab my mom's video camera and go make a movie with my friends. And this guy fucking did it and blew up because of it. This movie you know? is, yeah, it's famously known. So the Kevin Smith story, if you're a fan, it's a famously well-known story. It's the idea mm-hmm. that, you know, he grew up with his friends, these kids that he met um, at a rec center where, uh, you know, he worked um, and his one of them was his best friend for a while. And they all became friends. Walt Flanagan, Brian Johnson, Kevin Smith. And they were clerks. They worked in, in these kind of stores and they did the, th- that's where Kevin Smith worked was, was in a, in a convenience store and he wanted to tell that story. And so um, he wanted to make movies and he went away to, to, to school and he came back saying, we can do this. I think he only went to like one semester or one year of the schooling and he came back saying, All right, we <laughs> could do this. We can easily do this. And so like he would film off hours 
That's why yeah. the idea with the shutters being closed were there because the idea was, is you didn't want to see it was dark out all the time. Like why was this guy working at nighttime all the time? And being black and white, you're able to do that with the exposure, dude. Yeah, dude. It was perfect. It. Yeah, it was, it was awesome. And it worked perfect for them. I mean, it, it was for convenience because they didn't have the money for color film, but again, yeah. it worked like it night worked. of the living it dead. It's hand. Yes. Right. Yep. Um, it's also fa- the famous story is, is he sold off a huge part of his comic book collection. Like he had mm. a really expensive, uh, a lot of rare stuff and he sold it all off to raise money to make the film. And he also maxed out all his credit cards. He just maxed them out and then just said, you know what? The money will come. And, uh, he just went for it. Right. He decided to go for it. And they're all his friends and people he knew. And some of them were maybe local actors, but overall, a lot of the people in this film were people he knew. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, from that Leonardo, New Jersey area uh, and people on the set and on the crew, like uh, what's his name was the producer with him. Uh, Scott Mosier. Scott. Yeah. So yeah, dude, it's, it's for me, it's, it's always been one of those things where I was just like, I love the story. I loved how smart it was when I saw it back then. And when I rewatched it again, I was like, it didn't lose its, its thing. Like everything about it yeah. keeps, keeps me fascinated. The conversations, even though I know they're, they're coming and what they're about, I still am drawn into the way they interact and the way they do it. Right. Yeah. It um, was very much, it reminded me a lot of um, Ferris Bueller. Yes. Yes. The way they just, there's a lot you of know? interaction with each other and a lot of yes, conversations it's just throughout yeah. the day and how the day unfolds, what situations arise. Um, and then I just watching it again now, I just couldn't believe how 90s it was to the even the soundtrack, but we're gonna get to that later. But like yeah. the feel of it, right? The just the kind of angst of it. It was I was just like, man, this is great. Um, but what so what I really realized too watching it today was it's a great it's it's written well. There's a lot of mm-hmm. great dialogue, there's a lot of stuff that pulls us in and brings us into these characters, but you can have all the great writing in the world, and you can have a director that can really do his best to get what he needs out of you as an actor. But if you mm-hmm. don't have the actors, yeah, you don't have. And the, that's the magic is that these people were not known. These were, again, unknowns. They were friends of his, but they brought these characters to life. Yes. So let's talk about the acting. So right away, the cast, we have Dante as our main character, Brian O'Halloran. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, I always loved this character. Like you felt the angst, you felt the the you felt him. You've been him at some point in your life. Yes, I'm right? still him, dude. <laughs> <laughs> You're the guy that's like they shit on you at work, and you just have to deal with it. God, why the place you work for? You can't stand <sighs> yes, it. I hear you. <laughs> but have you ever been him where he's just kind of like, um, has zero backbone with the way he's handling his love life? Or, or oh. the way he's just kind of puppy dog love for this girl that shit on him before. You know what I mean? No, I can't relate that way. Yeah. Um, but man, he plays it well. Oh, fuck yeah, dude. Right? Oh, All these yeah. characters, there's this this kind of unrefinedness to them so you know they're not professional, completely professional actors, not all of them. But that's what lends to its the reality. That, a makes the characters, but then B lends to the magic of this movie. Yeah. Because of that, dude. Yeah. Jeff Anderson plays Randall Graves. Mm-hmm. What'd you think of the character Randall, dude? Um, I loved him, dude. That's like you said, <laughs> that's the character we all want to be, dude. That wise mouth slacker kid who 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 fucks around, but then still somehow manages to get through life unscathed, you know? Right. 
right he's yeah. the slacker kid with a heart of gold but man he loves himself some porn oh yeah dude <laughs> how about the scene where the mother's in there like hey do you have she's got the kid with her do you have this howdy doody whatever like some some kids, kids show. show video yeah. he's like oh i'm on the phone with the distributor now give me a sec i'm putting an order in and he's like yeah uh yeah and he starts listing off all, all of these these, like, these hardcore porn. fucked up porn titles dude with the little kids sitting there and the mom like what the fuck and at the very end of it he goes Oh, oh, yeah. Hang on one sec. What was that again? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God, dude. Um, Yeah, he's the guy that everybody wanted to be. And Jeff Anderson, man, to give this really kind of dry delivery, this delivery that had that sarcasm that was like it was biting. He knew how to just break the balls of anyone he was dealing with. Yeah. Yeah, dude. It was great. I, I, I loved him. Uh, Marilyn Gigliotti played Veronica. So the current girlfriend of Dante um, for I me, too, dude. I love, yeah, I did love her. And like I said, at the very, towards the very beginning and, and a few different times, there was this thing about like the way she did her line delivery. Sometimes mm-hmm. it was unsure where there was a stutter in what she was saying, but again, yeah, it a, lended, a couple people had that too. Yeah. It lended but it to this to kind it. of like, yes. these are real people and maybe we are watching parts of what is real life like what's real what really happened did this really happen Mm -hmm. did kevin smith know somebody that or was kevin smith like this did he have a girlfriend where he kind of like didn't know what he had because he was stuck on some girl that broke his heart you know what i mean yeah it's very real with this character um i think she could have slowed down sometimes with the way she was talking but i guess that's an italian that's an italian girl from jersey character yeah yeah you know she's italian bringing him lasagna dude yeah right (laughs) Um, Lisa Spoonauer played Caitlin Bree. She had a very weird way of talking too. Like she wasn't sure she how to a, talk. She, she also had that speech impediment as well. Is that what it was? It was a That's speech what impediment. I think it was. Yeah, because because if you paid attention, it was when she started saying S's. When she was just having a natural conversation, she was having an issue with S's. So I, I think that's what it was. Um, then there was Jason Muse plays Jay. Yes. Another for me, like when you go back and realize this is his first, like this is the first time we ever are, are ex- uh, exposed to Jason Muse and the character Jay. Um, apparently, this when Kevin Smith wrote it, he wrote it like this is Jay. Like the, obviously, this is going to be Jay, and Jay is <laughs> just going to play him. So he just basically was himself, and this is what he was like when he was this age. Um, Jay Jay Muse is younger than Kevin Smith and his friends. Like like not super that much younger, but I think it's the same younger. Like between me and you and Anthony, like that kind of thing. Oh um, shit! Oh yeah. Okay. So he was the younger kid when they were working at the rec center. He was a kid at the rec center. He was this fourteen year old kid that gotcha. was this fast talking, cursing, didn't give a fuck kind of thing, and punk rock kid into like hardcore punk and and moshing and and like. So when he wrote this character, he was like, that's that's who's going to be outside selling weed. It's Jay so because Jay sells weed. He's four years younger than Kevin Smith. Oh, it's only four years. OK, yes. Um, oh, yeah, because they were 18. He was 14. He was just a little kid. They were the 18 year old kids working at the rec center. But this is our the world's introduction to this foul mouth, fast talking, still a little bit charming, fucking crazy metalheads <laughs> drug dealer. Yes, dude. <laughs> <laughs> what uh what's some of your favorite parts with him in this oh with jay um well when we first meet him dude he's being fucking bizarre out there in front of the store and they're yelling at people as they're going by um 
uh, when they're he definitely uh, has I think some... it's the last time we see him too when he's in the store and he, he flubs his line he says oh wait no i messed it up let me go <laughs> and then he says the line yeah. <laughs> that's awesome dude um how about obviously there's dialogue in here in the way he spoke back then that doesn't fly today oh my god right? yeah but dude. you know it's of the era like that's just it's who he was in yes, the era dude. right yep uh and then we get his sidekick, which we find out later. He starts to refer to him later movies as his hetero life mate of a sidekick. Uh, <laughs> he calls him Lunchbox. It's Silent Bob, played by yes. Kevin Smith himself. He's perfect, dude. He just kind of stands there looking cool. <laughs> the way he smokes his cigarettes, he looks cool. The way he lights his cigarettes. Yep. He had the big, the big oversized jacket. Uh, and then the Pearl of Wisdom at the very end of the movie, yes. right? Like mm-hmm. he says, you know, there are a ton of there's a there's a ton of good looking women out there, but not all of them will bring you lasagna. Right. Like, boom. Yeah. Like, like, don't be an idiot, dude. You've got quality. You don't want to you don't want to lose that. Great. I thought that was great. And he he obviously continues to get better uh, and a little bit more comedic of a character as as we go on, because they become more cartoony. Jay and Silent Bob, even in the yeah. even in the films, their character past. Well, I think starting with Mallrats, but going on, like when you watch their own movie, it's very cartoony. It's very Wile E. Coyote and Roadrunner style <laughs> cartoony. Yeah, the way they act. It's funny. Scott Mosier, producer, friend of Kevin Smith. He met him yes. uh, when they went to when he went away to to film school. He met Scott Mosier and they just hit it off and became really good friends. They do a podcast together. Um, the Smodcast. He played a couple of characters. He played the uh, William. The that's William, not Liam. William, the idiot manchild. Yeah, hey man, far out, man. Hey, I didn't know you worked here, man. Uh, he played an angry hockey playing customer. That's the guy who went up and knocked the uh, the ball off the roof, and then which completely did not look like him, dude. You could have shaven, dude. Holy he had his, fuck, his face all shaven. Uh, and then when they went to go and um to to Julie's uh to her wake. Um, Randall ended up knocking over the coffin. Like you don't see this. He goes in and it's like five <laughs> no, minutes. Hear it. They come running out. Yeah, you hear it. And uh, he plays one of the angry mourners that comes running out and throws a mm. rock at them as they're driving gotcha. away. Okay. Um, the guy who played the Chili's gum representative. I liked him. He played this kind of slimy, like I'm yeah, a salesman little... <laughs> type of guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he was funny, dude. I think he was good. Uh, whoa, Al Berkowitz. He played okay. So, there's a scene in the movie where the old man comes in and has to take a shit in the bathroom, uh, and brings a porno, uh, the porno mag with him in the back, ends up dying, right? Because uh, Caitlin comes in and goes back there thinking it's Dante and fucks the dead dude. <laughs> Good God. Um, you know, he reminded me of he reminded me a lot of Frank Costanza. I love the way he he was very much that old Jewish guy. He's oh like, my god! Dude. Listen, Sonny boy, do you mind Thank if you, I have? Boy. Do you mind if I have the nice toilet paper? They got what about that magazine? They've He's got like, bigger titties in that one. The one behind the I liked them for the cartoons. <laughs> they draw the biggest titties you ever seen. Uh, he was great though. What a character! Yeah, right? like funny, that was a dude. great character. Walt Flanagan, best friend yes. of, of one of the best friends of Kevin Smith. Actually, Kevin Smith, he was a little bit older than Kevin Smith, and Kevin Smith looked up to him. Um, it was actually Walt Flanagan that turned Kevin Smith onto the darker side of Batman because before Batman had a dark side, all Kevin Smith knew was the 1966 Batman. And Walt Flanagan said, you need to read Frank Miller's <laughs> Batman, right? The, uh, the Dark Knight Returns. 
he plays a handful of characters as well. He's one of the smokers at the beginning that uh, mm-hmm. kind of sets off everybody. You know, he's the one. He's the one around. that buys the cigarettes after everything's all done. <laughs> he's like um, <clears throat> uh, pack of cigarettes. Pack of cigarettes. He's the egg man. He's the counselor that's trying to find the perfect uh, dozen eggs. He's the offended customer. Like, I can't believe you did that. Right. Because um, and it's funny, dude, because they're talking about that conversation. They're talking about the I forget what they called it. Uh, the come come mop or whatever. The guy. Who oh, the jizz, the, uh, the, the jizz mopper. The yes. jizz mopper. That's what and it was. Funny that because them. this dude's buying cleaning spray and <laughs> paper towels. <laughs> So I, I never thinking, oh, noticed that, he, dude. Is he to come cleaner? Bro, I never noticed that. That's even funnier now. Holy cap. Um, yeah, and he plays also the cat admiring bitter customer. Um, Which we don't see his face. Then. Yeah, there's a few other ones that aren't. You can tell by his voice, though. Uh, yeah, aren't that big. Ernest O'Donnell. So Ernie O'Donnell is a friend of theirs as well. And he played the trainer Rick Darris. Mm, yes. Um, in real life, Ernie O'Donnell, I believe, is a contractor. Uh, he does stuff like that, but he helped build and design the inside of the, the stash for them. He helped design oh, the stash for them. Oh, no yeah. shit. Nice. Yeah. Uh, nice. He plays Rick Darris, where there's the story that Rick Darris and like he says, oh, that that girl, Caitlin, was your girlfriend back in the day. He's like, hey, don't take offense, but I used to fuck her <laughs> while you guys were going out. And Dante's like, what the fuck, dude? And you're still thinking, why? Why is this guy still going for this girl if she was such a shithead to him, man? Yep. Later on, Rick Darris shows up in Mallrats, not as a person, but as a story. There's a story about Rick Darris fucking this one girl that's one of the characters ah, on, on a okay. table during a Halloween party. Yeah, there's a few other ones, man. You know, oh, Olaf, the Russian metalhead, dude. John Henry Westhead. <laughs> He's like, Olaf, girls think you sexy. <laughs> He's like, sing for her. He's like, oh, no, no. He's like, come on, <laughs> sing for her. Metal, metal. He makes the face. My love for you is like a That's Dude, me and my friends used to sing that song all the time. Would you like to suck my cock berserk? <laughs> One of the lines is making fuck. She goes, did he just say making fuck? Because, <laughs> um, yeah, hold off's crazy. Yeah. So, uh. It's cool, dude. Yeah, there's a lot. Oh, that's cool. There is a lost scene. So there's the Clark's thing where there's a lost scene and there's a voice that's that's on there played by um, Joey Lauren Adams. And it's okay. a character that shows up in Mallrats. So but you don't have to pay attention to it in this. These are the characters in the film, dude. Yeah, a lot of them were based on true people. Um, and he wrote them rightfully so as, as, as real as he could. And he got the right mix of characters together because even though a lot of them are unknowns and not any, you know, they, they were just kind of friends. They killed it for me. I thought it was a great yeah. performance in this film. No, I agree, dude. I agree. Like you said, there was, um, you could tell that everybody was very, very green and they really don't, didn't have much acting experience. Um, and as much as that would normally bother me, it didn't in this because it lended it like we, like we said so much into the credence of this movie and what this movie is at its core and where this movie came from and how this movie was made. You just take it all together and wrap it up in a bundle and and, and it all works because it's working in conjunction with each other. You know. Yep. And um, it wasn't just that they had to do it in black and white. It wasn't just Kevin Smith's writing and the dialogue being so good. And it wasn't just that these actors pulled it off. He was able to put together a soundtrack that helped to carry this film yeah. and make it feel the way it feels. 
So let's talk soundtrack. This is a 90s soundtrack through and through. This is aside from um the like the the music that that plays in between, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um it's just like dude, it's a killer killer soundtrack. The opening song is amazing. It already sounds 90s, but we've got bands on here like Alice in Chains. Yeah. Um we've got Supernova on here, The Jesus Lizard, Bad Religion, Stabbing Westward. Uh, corrosion of conformity soul asylum this is a stacked soundtrack of of kind of who's who in the 90s uh 90s youth culture 90s grunge 90s punk it's all in here this is all about the angst of being a 20 something living in mid 90s and what life's like and so why not play the music that you're listening to oh absolutely dude why wouldn't you and again Again, it land lends its hand to add to the film to make it more as another piece. Yeah, dude. And the thing was, is like the music of the 90s, the alternative music, the stuff that was kind of coming out as underground. Um, this it was it was counter to to like Madonna or Michael Jackson or, mm-hmm. you know, even, even 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 like Guns and Roses and that that kind of like hair metal rock. This was a different thing. This was the slacker generation. And so yeah. this soundtrack just completely fits. It fits that uh, well, because because what, what what's Randall's or not Randall? Um, Dante. Dante's entire thing throughout the movie is that he's a slacker and that he needs to be pulled out of that and get a real job and go back yeah. to school and grow up. You know what I mean? Yeah and, and, yeah. and this music, I'm not quite familiar. I'm not really familiar with all these songs. I'm familiar with the artists and the bands um, and I'm familiar with nineties music and how it was. So that uh, working, like I said, it, it, they worked it. Can only say it so many times that work in conjunction with each other you're yeah. telling a story through the music as well as as through the character and what's going on there right um this wasn't yeah. used this music in the background like coming off of radios or or the overhead radio at the quickie mart this was yeah. meant to be put together so this is very tarantino feeling and that it was meant to accentuate the film and be a part of the film and not just help carry the story along because it wasn't like this song leads into that and that feels good it was about like this film having its own sex segments and these song fits yes. this is the mood for this segment so the music mm-hmm. that played fit the mood of whatever that segment was yeah, you know yeah yeah mm-hmm. so yeah there's i mean me i loved it love this soundtrack yeah. i've always loved the soundtrack uh but for you you know being a new a new viewer you dug it yeah no i dug it I, i'd like to go back and actually listen to the soundtrack with all these songs on it in a row um because i i i just like soundtracks um and I like '90s music, and I know a lot of I, I know a bunch of the bands. Um, so it'd be interesting to explore some of their different music. But uh, but yeah, no, it was good, dude. It was good. All right, man. We're gonna. I mean, talk- how could you make this movie without this soundtrack? I can't. There, there's no other. Uh, it had to be this. Yeah. It couldn't be anything else. It's it definitely. Couldn't. It's definitely one of these kinds of. Um, it, it's part of the culture of what this this time was, this era, and it fits with this movie. And, 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 and then again, going on the backside of it, knowing how underground this film was, knowing that he was able to get these well-known big bands to allow him to use these songs. These aren't their most well-known songs, but be able to use their songs in his film. You know what I mean? Um, one of the things I just saw on here was that uh, according to Smith, Henry Hudson regional schoolmate, one of his, his classmates, Scott Ang- Angley, 
and his band Love Amongst Freaks recorded the score. So the music in between mm. and okay. the opening song where the day to day that because it's called Clerks. Um, that's you pretty said cool. They were Love Among Freaks. Yeah, that's the name of the band. Yeah, yeah. yeah um, it's called Clerks. Yeah. So let's jump into, dude, the biggest thing about this film, the thing that was like super over the top and really made the film yeah. stand out special mm-hmm. effects. This move has it, so the, the the effects that we have in this is makeup effects, right? Where they were trying to make people look different, so they used yes. wigs, they used glasses. I mean, the most bare minimum things you would do to make somebody look different, right? Walt Flanagan is yeah. playing this crazy egg guy, and he's wearing glasses, and he's wearing his hair a certain way, right? But then when he's the uptight guy, he's got like just his shirts buttoned up, his hair's done slightly different, and he's got different style glasses and maybe some extra buck teeth or something things to protrude more. Yeah, um, yeah. It was like that's all you could do with the budget you have. What do they need special effects so, for? But it was so effective, dude. It was so effective. I had no idea that they played multiple <laughs> people until I saw the fucking credits roll at the end. I said, Get out of here. <laughs> I had no idea. You're like those characters in the DC universe that were just like, wait, Clark Kent is Superman. Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Uh, but yeah, dude, there's no, no special effects in this film. Yeah, really. No. I mean, this, this movie is just they about even used a real cat, dude. Yeah. A real cat took a real shit too. It wasn't special yeah. effects. No <laughs> um, sound effects, dude. They did have like when he was trying to watch star Wars, even though it wasn't star Wars sound effects, you could hear like, the yes, pew, 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 you know what I mean? So that's about it, dude. Overall, this movie was, they didn't need that. That's not what no, the whole no, point No, they didn't need to. They, this wasn't a film that needed to utilize that. Uh, I mean, I guess you could go as far and say sound design. Um, yeah. But in order for me to comment on that, that I need to know how too. it was done. Yeah, like I, did they record fully sound and then edit it in or did they just record it live as they were doing the scene? Yeah. You know? Interesting. All yeah. right, dude, let's um let's wrap this up now. Let's give our okay. final thoughts and then we're going to rate the movie based out of five annoying customers. All righty. All right, cuz this job wouldn't what did he say this job this job wouldn't be so bad if it wasn't for the customers. <laughs> Which ones? All of them. You wouldn't have cuz you wouldn't have a job if there was no customers. It's a funny <laughs> thing. Um, okay, so uh, I'm going to let you go first. You've never seen okay. the film before, so give me your thoughts. Tell me what you thought of the yes. film and then rate it. Okay, so having never seen this film before, having a vague idea of what this movie was about, knowing the importance of it in in the Kevin Smith world um, of Hollywood, the Kevin Smith corner of Hollywood, um, I enjoyed it. I appreciated it for what it was. I don't think it's as big of a film in my heart as it is to you, uh, because I imagine you were there again, um, like we had um, mentioned with other films. You were there from the beginning, um, I imagine probably in 90, 94. Um, so you've been following it all the way along. You've been watching it all these years. Uh, to me, it was a good comment on the nineties. It was a good comment out of a good coming of age story. Um, I could relate to Dante because I am Dante because I've had those same thoughts. I've worked those same jobs. I know exactly what he's going through. It, it called back and I reflected back on my younger days. I used to play hockey like them too. So no one, Dude, no, I'm not coming to fucking work today. You know I have a game. I get that. I know that. Uh, and being able to go back and reflect on it, even though I did all of that 10 years after this movie came out, you know? So it was uh, it was cool. It was really cool. It was a cool film. Um, it's probably going to be a film like, I don't. have you ever seen the movie Gummo? 
No, actually, I've not seen that. Okay. You, are you familiar with the movie? Yes. Yeah. So this is a movie that one of my professors in college made, made us watch. And it to me at the time, I was like, this is fucking weird, right? This is a weird film. But then I, after not too long after the fact, I, I had an appreciation for it. And I understood the film better thinking back on it because of what it was, because it stuck out to me so much. Um, and now I'm finding myself wanting to go back and revisit it. And I want to rewatch it. And I haven't seen it since. So I imagine this is what Clerks is going to be to, be like for me this isn't something i'm probably going to watch all the time but there's going to be a, a chunk of time that goes by and then i'm going to come back and revisit it and you'll you know? laugh even more when you yes, like, get dude. through the, the you know the conversations and the things they say and, and knowing that you know what's coming knowing things that are leading up and, and being able to watch out for these things as they build up and lead to it because i know what's coming yeah yeah so what do you rate dude what's your rating out of five Annoying oh, customers out of five annoying customers. And you can do gonna, point system like, like yeah. 4.83 or as crazy as you want. Um, I'm going to say probably a, um, I'm going to say probably a 3.75. Nice. 3.75 annoying customers. Yes. Well, you nailed it on the head, man. This one, it does mean a lot to me. This movie is, is a big movie for me in that it cemented my love for Kevin Smith. I've not been around since the beginning. I never really? saw. Okay. I didn't see Clerks first. I remember so it were being you introduced to it. Yeah, I remember it being um, advertised, but I remember I worked at a uh, one of the jobs, like the little menial jobs I held. I was friends with this dude that was just like, "Have you ever seen Mallrats?" I was just like, "No." He's like, "Dude, you have to come over and watch it." So I went over and he had it on VHS and he popped it in and I watched Mallrats and I was just like, "I love this film." And um, I just loved the way people in that film, like this one, just mm -hmm. they were themselves. They just talked. It was just a, a one day at the mall with these characters yeah. and all the things that mm -hmm. happened in the mall. I loved it. So then he was like, okay, now you can go home, watch Clerks, right? Because um, I think he thought he had to introduce me to Mallrats first before I could get into Clerks. So Clerks had, or Mallrats had already been out on video by the time I was introduced to Clerks watched clerk so i didn't watch clerks until i like i had his tape for like months and I, I didn't watch it but what i had done was i had found something i found it uh because you know i'd gotten on the internet and found an article about kevin smith and i learned his story and how he made clerks okay. so when i watched it i watched it knowing the story as well yeah, yeah yeah and i was just floored i was floored with how just awesome it was like how just natural it felt and i was like I know these people, right? Like it's all right. I know it's later than 94, but like by then now I'm in my twenties when I'm discovering it and I'm the age that these people are when they made the film and how they are in this film, right? Like I'm in, mm -hmm. I'm 22 or 20, yeah, 22 maybe uh, when I'm first getting into it and no, not even, I was 19. Damn. Wow, dude. Yeah. I wasn't even, I wasn't even, maybe I was 19 or 20. One of the two, I was 19. I wasn't 21 yet. So, yeah, I loved it, dude. I absolutely loved it. And so um, why I watch, I've seen this a million times. I could literally quote like line for line, like full scenes, right? Mm -hmm. um, so I, I guess I, I guess what I'm saying is that it's not a surprise that I love the film. I think it's probably, <laughs> it's probably one of the more important films in cinematic history in terms mm -hmm. of how it changed the game, right? Yeah. How it changed... Yeah. It became this pop movies? culture icon, right? How you could make movies, um, you know, what you really needed to do to, to, to put together a good film. Um, I don't know, man, there was something, it was, it was, a, it, it was just the perfect timing for it to come out when it came out, you know, mm -hmm. and, and 
And I don't even know what else to say about it, man. I've seen it a million times. I, I love watching it. I'm glad I've watched it again today. And for me, this is for me a five annoying <laughs> customers out of five annoying customers to me. It's a and 5. I'm sure you could 0. give it more if you could, but fire it is definitely a five, allowed five customers in the store. Now, I do love a lot of his earlier films. And so if you ever wanted to, we could start going through them and watching them. And maybe you can come on as a guest and it'll be like kind of our thing. We'll talk about the Kevin Smith movies on here. Ooh, okay. um, but yeah, dude, this one, this is the one when you go back and realize this is where it all started. You just kind of see the brilliance in such a young mind that young, dude. He was in his 20s when he wrote this shit, his well, early you know what, 20s. I, I think it also lends a lot to who he was and where he came from, too. Yeah, because he was really basically a nobody. Um, he had nothing. Yeah, he, he had, had to no sell his comic book collection, max yeah. out his credit cards, made this film at a time when it was he, he was the first one to break through and be able to do this. I really feel like mainstream like that Yeah, dude. Uh, to be somebody from the kid from nowhere and come through and make a film, you know? Yeah, dude. What, uh, anybody who's ever come after him, all us kids growing up have always wanted to be. And that's why you know? I always like after that, man, I was always just like, I, I want to do that. I want to emulate what he did. Just go for it. Balls to the wall. Yes. And also the other thing I loved was he did it with his friends. He had yes. a lot of friends yes. that had that like minded feel that said, I want to do this, too. So he's like, all right, let's just all do it together. Like, let's See, and not- again, that's that's another reason why I like the movie. And, and, and for that aspect and that I love it, dude, because that's all I ever wanted to do as a kid was grab my mom's camera and go make a fucking movie with my friends. Right. And he fucking did it. Right. And he blew up and made a career out of it. It's dude. inspirational. Right. So yes, um, it is. It so is. there you go, dude. There's uh there's clerks for you. Special episode in the can. Thanks for joining, man. Thanks for coming in and saving yeah. the day. Hey, thanks for having me, dude. Um, We can tell people to find us on our other show out of the shadows. Yeah. Yeah. Come and find us. Come listen. We got plenty of episodes for you to go back and dive into and explore with us. Um, where are we talk mostly eighties horror, um, but we, do and it's deviate. not, it's not like this one though. We don't, we don't really, what we do. No, so on that one, in that one, we actually run through the movie. We'll talk through the movie, talk our way through the movie, and then just kind of mm-hmm. say what we thought about it. And then uh, this one, we break it up and, and then grade it. So it's more of an analytical uh, uh, analyzation. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so anyway, dude, yeah, uh, you're welcome to come back on future episodes. I'd love to have you back. Yeah, I'd love to be back. And uh, with that said, guys, we'll see you next week. Until then, it is now time to unsound your phones. <laughs> <laughs>